Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. What number is it today? Number 235. My word. We're back on a Tuesday, 1 p.m. GMT. Took a little break last week on a Tuesday as I recovered from that horrendous illness, which now, thankfully, is just a memory. Um, it was bad. We don't talk about that again. What a weird week it's already been in the world of pro wrestling. I woke up this morning and nobody was talking about Raw. Nobody was talking about SmackDown. Nobody was talking about NXT. Nobody was talking about AEW. They were just talking about the fact that on Twitter... Uh, Randy Orton and Tony Khan had uh, <laughs> had had fired some shots at each other. And I was like, what? How does that relationship even sort of come in, into fruition? That was really, really weird. Like, it was really, really weird. So obviously I did some reading. I went and uh, and checked it all out. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's something that's happened. And it basically, it all stemmed from a, a tweet by CM Punk. So, you know, he said he was going to come back and was it change the world or blow up the world? Maybe he did. It was weird too. So he did a he did a CM Punk did a tweet. I should have got these up really so I could have put them on the screen. I didn't have time. But CM Punk did a tweet saying, you know, he's gonna be on backstage, he's catching up on wrestling, and he tagged some people in it. I think Rena Young was in there, Fox was in there, and he tagged Vince McMahon and he tagged Tony Khan. So I'm guess he's he's trying to get attention, right? CM Punk knows what he's doing and he and he achieved it clearly. And then Tony Khan comes back, he says, like, let the madness begin. And Tony Khan made a little jibe about the Saudi Arabia, you know, wrestlers being trapped in Saudi Arabia. And then from nowhere, Randy Orton's getting involved, like saying, you know, those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And posting, you know, links to uh, Sadiq Khan, who's Tony Khan's father, like dodgy dealings or some kind of scandal he's been involved in. It's like, (laughs) what a jump. What a jump that is. And then Tony Khan's firing back saying, you know, stop, you, you, you know, you only use me for leverage when you want a new WWE deal and referenced, uh, the, you know, the Randy Orton stream, which really didn't get any traction when Randy Orton obviously used some language which was not cool by any stretch of the imagination. And then, yeah, this just went back and forth. And it was just, it was just absolutely, absolutely nuts. It was, um, it was very surreal. The, the biggest thing, I mean, aside from when these things happen, I'm always like, guys, let's just not say anything. I don't necessarily think that... Uh, yeah, I just don't think it's worth it. But also, Randy Orton, I guess you could argue that Tony Khan comes off worse because he's a CEO, he's a business holder, and maybe we should we should back off. But when you want to take at it logically, it seems crazy for Randy Orton to make comments about dodgy ownerships when he's worked for Vince McMahon for the last so many years. And regardless of what you think about Vince McMahon, you know, there are certain things you can look into that will raise an eyebrow. But when you kind of, I think the last tweet that went out there was Randy Orton essentially saying that it's, uh, you know, Sadiq Khan, Tony Khan's dad, who pulls all the strings. So, you know, you, you only got your spot because of your dad. It's like, Randy Orton, your dad's pro wrestler in WWE. And now there's a whole sense of irony lost here because you've already mentioned don't throw stones in glass houses. So very weird, very weird all around, but it, um, it, it, it just blew my brain. It blew my brain. And the thing that really got to me is this idea that, you know, a lot of people say there's no war. There's no war between WWE and AEW. And if that's the case, there is no way you would be getting you'd be getting things like this. I mean, it, it led me to it led me to believe, you know, what the hell would have happened during the Attitude Era? <laughs> Imagine Eric Bischoff and Vince McMahon both had social media. What on earth would have gone down then? But yeah, it goes to show there is some um, 
clear tensions uh, from both sides of the pond. You know, what they are specifically, we're never going to know. If Randy Orton is kind of happy to make those jibes, clearly never wanted to get out of WWE. You know, you wouldn't burn that bridge, which I assumed he would have done now. I know he just signed a five-year deal. I'm sure it's super lucrative. But, you know, there was this rumor going around that, oh, maybe he's going to do this. But clearly, no. Clearly, he did just use AEW for leverage to get the most out of out of, uh, of WWE as he could. And, I mean, more power to him. That's what business negotiations are, are there for. But I'm not going to, you know, this idea, this rhetoric that there is no war between WWE and AEW. There is. Not between everybody. You know, I imagine, like, you know, some guys are just happy to see somebody else doing well. But maybe those in more powerful positions are taking it personally. I know Chris Jericho says there's no war, but sometimes I listen to his podcast and I listen to his intonation, the emotion in his voice. I think he wants to kick NXT's ass, and why wouldn't he? You know, he wants to make AEW Dynamite as good as he possibly can. But, you know, when you've got arguably, you know, maybe one of the top three stars in WWE going at it with the owner of your rival brand, that's some weird stuff. That is some really, really weird stuff. And it goes to show what a crazy time period we're living in. Because, again, what sparked it off? A, punk by CM, a tweet by CM Punk who will return to WWE backstage this evening, I believe. I think it's Tuesday nights. Yeah, it's Tuesday nights. So what a roller coaster of, of a morning that was. Also, you know, outside of wrestling, Valve kind of announced Half-Life 3 with what Half-Life Alex, whatever the hell it is. Uh, it's a VR game, so everybody was getting mad about that. Just wars. Wars on Twitter this morning as everybody, <laughs> everybody uh, gets their opinions out there. Uh, if you have just joined, of course, welcome. My name is Simon. It's my show google play spotify finally on spotify again patreon.com forward slash simon 316 i can't do it if the patreon goes away so if you've ever enjoyed anything i did and you've got a spare dollar and you want to throw it into the pot i'd really appreciate it or of course if you are watching live on youtube like i say you can use the super chat and i will answer and respond to anything that is put in there if you write it in that box and it comes up i promise to mention it uh, and you can come follow me at simon 316 on instagram and twitter and the whole podcast is sponsored by pinsandknuckles.com and pinsandknucklesmerch.com. And you can check all that stuff out there. Uh, Geordie Lont in the Super Chat says, it's such silly beef, pretty much for no reason. Yeah, I know, like, Tony Khan made a little lol joke. I think we probably could have... I think we probably could have left it there, but for some reason we decided not to. I really don't know why. It will blow over. These things always do, you know... We're always mad about something, and then something else happens, and we're mad about that. It was, again, to me, as a man that's been watching wrestling, when you start making comparisons based on the different eras, it is. It's like it's like Eric Bischoff yelling at Shawn Michaels over Twitter, and Shawn Michaels clapping back. You'd be like, I don't understand what world I'm living in. A non WWE guy in the super chat says, uh, with IPW shutting down, is Brit wrestling dead? Yeah, that was sad news that happened within the last seven days or so. Yeah, I'm obviously uh, IPWK had uh, changed uh, ownership a couple of times. I was able to work for them a handful of uh, occasions, which I do massively appreciate. And now they're running their last show, I think, in December or at some point in, in the next few weeks. It is a shame, but I mean, I, I don't necessarily mean Brit Wrestling is dead. I mean, you've got people like RevPro and Progress and you know ICW, and there's loads of smaller promotions beneath that that are doing really well. So no, I don't think Brit Wrestling is dead. I just think we're going through somewhat of a transformation period at the moment, which is always going to happen. Uh, it's hard to run a wrestling promotion, is the truth. It's hard to get people to leave their houses. It's hard to get people to pay money. There is so much wrestling to consume from your living room. Like right now, if I want to watch any promotion in the world, I kind of can. So it's difficult to 
uh, you know, inspire people to come out and, and watch a show live. And that's not necessarily just with wrestling. I think that's with a lot of things. But no, I think British wrestling will be fine. You know, every it peaked like a couple of years ago. And when something peaks, eventually it's got to go back down the other way. That's just the, it's just human nature. But I think it will be fine. If you just kind of look at the talent pool, the, you know, the British wrestlers all over the world doing their thing, I'm sure it will even out eventually. Uh, Undead FB Goon Super Chat says, How are you feeling, Simon? Do you like the AEW trademark blood and guts? I'm having, ama- I'm having withdrawals from AEW, by the way. It was amazing. Oh, no, sorry. sorry. Blah, blah, blah. I'm having withdrawals from AEW BTE. Being the elite was amazing. Is there a Patreon Q&A this week? Uh, I'm feeling better now. Thank goodness for that. It took me a while, but we got there. Yeah, I do like the idea. I mean, the thing went, went, so that was other news that came out this week. The All Elite Wrestling have trademarked Blood and Guts, which is the uh, tagline I think WCW used to use when they were talking about war games. Obviously, AEW can't use war games because WWE owns the trademark. We've got that this week at TakeOver. But the eyebrow-raising and interesting thing is, you know, the Blood and Guts company, who's already proven they are going to be Blood and Guts, now may actually going to have a pay-per-view called Blood and Guts. We don't know that for sure. They may just be protecting their intellectual property, excuse me, as a lot of people do. But maybe they are going to have a, you know, a pay-per-view that is purely hardcore, hardcore and purely nuts. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But <laughs> I can't imagine where the line would be with those guys because they don't have a line. I think if you are going to do that, you don't want to do that to way into next year, given that we just had the John Moxley and, and Kenny Omega craziness. But that's what's really intriguing about Wednesday. I want to see what the reaction to John Moxley versus Darby Allen is because I don't think they should go as mad as they did with uh, the full gear stuff because I think you need to let it breathe. I don't think I think you start watering it down if you do it too much. But at the same time, if we don't get that, are people going to be upset? So I'm going to be massively interested to see where the AEW fan base comes after that. As I found out last week, can't even say one constructive, critical thing about the, that, that AEW that people are going nuts. Just certain things that I liked more than others, and everybody went, everybody went crazy. Um, there is going to be a Patreon Q and A this week. Yes, I haven't done the just for patrons quickly. I haven't done the Q and A thread as we're speaking. Uh, I meant to put it up yesterday, and I haven't. I'll put it up uh, as soon as we're done now. And yeah, that's one of the uh, reward tiers. If you put $5 in or more, you get access to my weekly Q&As. And you can literally ask whatever you want. It can be about wrestling, sports, religion, lifting weights, bodybuilding, death, life, whatever. There's, there's no rules. And I'll make sure that goes up today. I've been eye, hand on heart. The Super Chat says, the war to settle the score, lol. Is that in reference to the Randy Orton and Tony Khan stuff? I don't think any scores are being settled. Like I say, it will die down. It's probably already died down. We've had Raw, which we're going to talk about in a few seconds, and most people are talking about that now. It's just, it's just so weird. I don't know who it benefits. Do we, I, apart from us getting to see behind the curtain, and obviously, you know, at no F's Randy is always interesting. Do we get anything from it, or is it probably best that we just ignore this stuff? Not us as fans. Of course, you're going to react to it, but you know, I think Tony Khan and Randy Orton probably could just not not said anything. Shorty Horn Super Chat says, "Could you imagine Royd raging attitude here events on Twitter ripping WCW? That would have been amazing, lol. And it probably would have got to that too, right? Nowadays, because oh, Vince McMahon barely uses Twitter. Yes, but if he had Eric Bischoff firing shots at him, he would have fired back. That's what the Monday Night Wars were, were all about." You know, when Eric Bischoff was giving away, uh, you know, raw results because they were still a tape show, WWE clapped back in some sense and that was what they would be doing. That's exactly what would be happening right now. Maybe you'd have Buff Bagwell yelling at, I don't know, Farouk and John Bradshaw Layfield, well, maybe it just be Bradshaw then, going back at, I don't know, what's the, what was the German guy called that I now can't remember the name of? <laughs> he used to dance. Alex Wright. Maybe that would have happened. It would have been surreal. I mean, it's not really the same because... 
Well, no, I think it's twofold, but you don't really get AEW and WWE guys going at it, apart from like Kenny Omega and Seth Rollins. But that's because I think there's a heightened awareness now. Like in the Attitude Era, it was a real, it was a rough and ready environment. And everybody felt like the other company was coming to try and shut them down. That's not the case with AEW and WWE at all. But it does mean that, you know, back in, in, in that time, it would have been more of a powder keg. So it may have happened. It totally blew my mind, as you can probably tell uh, sad Werfel. I hope we got that right in the super chat. Thanks very much. Thanks for always being honestly positive and relentlessly entertaining. What a lovely thing. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. that is very, very kind. Um, I try. I do my best. And if it's working, then sweet. That, 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 that's good news. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, Lanaya DeBose in the super chat. Always a good supporter. Lanai says, I'm glad Tony highlighted racist uh, Randy's racist Twitch moment as WWE tends to sweep superstars' racism under the rug. The WWE's embracing of racism at times is infuriating as a fan and as a person of color. Can't, I can't argue that at all. Like the, the words, I'm not going to say it here, obviously. Just go and look it up if you really want to know. But yeah, the language used by Randy Orton is, has no place in the world. And, you know, not just with instances like Randy Orton, but, you know, I know it's happened with PewDiePie and other sort of su successful YouTubers and, you know, public personalities too. The issue for me, and again, please correct me if I'm wrong, I I'm always happy to be educated. That word isn't even in my lexicon. Like, it's not even in my brain. Even if I'm just sitting on my sofa with no cameras on me and nobody's recording me, I don't use that word because it's not a word that ever should be used by somebody like myself. So I don't use it because I understand what it means. I understand the connotations and I understand, well, hopefully I have the sympathy. That's um, not necessarily the right word, but you know, I have the wherewithal to understand that you don't just go around saying that because it means something, you know, words, words mean something. So it is always awful when that kind of stuff comes out. And yeah, that whole thing with Randy Orton did just vanish. It just vanished from nowhere, which isn't exactly good is it? And obviously, you know, the, the bigger, nah, the bigger's not fair because they're all bad, but the Hulk Hogan incident, which obviously made headlines across the world, that's what I mean when I say bigger. You know, it, I, I, some people go nuts to me when I say this. It's just an opinion. You're allowed to have your own. It still affects me when I see Hulk Hogan on my television because the scandal was so big and the, the language used was so shocking and so out of my wheelhouse that it was, yeah, it's, it's just hard, it's hard to move past. And it's, again, it's not my risk. It's not up to me to forgive him. That's, you know, who am I, you know? But the people involved, such as the New Day, who have commented commented on such things, it's it's just not on, really. So yes, in that sense, Tony Khan, you know, had every right to call him out for for for, for using that because it was bad. There's no two ways about it. Crappy post in the super chat says, "Everyone fighting about AEW and WWE while I'm here in my corner enjoying NWA power." Nothing wrong with a bit of NWA power. It's a really good show. It's a very easy 60-minute watch. You know, studio wrestling feels old school, but that's nice. You know, what, what's old is new again. I, I get a massive kick out of watching NWA power. I think I'm about maybe two... It drops on Tuesday, right? Or was it? I can't remember. I think I'm two episodes behind. One or two episodes behind, but I know I catch up on it. It's really cool to know it's on demand and waiting for me. That makes it more appealing as well. It's not like you feel like you have to watch it right now or you're not part of the conversation. Yeah, NWA power is good, but then everything's good right now. And we'll use that to segue into Raw. Raw, I liked Raw. I thought Raw was a good show, given that their focus at the moment was on Survivor Series, right? That's what they're trying to build. They had to go all in with the invasion angle, which they did. NXT came out feeling like a threat, which I didn't think we'd done a great job over the last couple of weeks. So all in all, I was like, yeah, good show. The problem I had with it is really everything, excuse me, that has started since January 2019. Because on a show like this, 
is when you, you, you should have loads of false finishes and you should, uh, sorry, not false finishes, non-finishes. And you should have guys from the other brands coming in and stopping fights from happening because it makes sense, right? If we've got a brand, regardless what you think about brand supremacy and brand warfare, that is what Survivor Series is going to be. So if I'm running NXT, I'm like, well, look, let's go invade Raw and we'll annoy everybody by making sure there's no finish to, to any match. Makes perfect sense. The issue when WWE does it on, what, November the 18th, 2019, is you go, but we see this every week. <laughs> That's the problem, is that, you know, I, I, you could probably go through every single Raw this year. There's been, like, what, 42 of them or whatever. And you could probably find at least one instance on every show where there's no finish. And that's the problem I had, is that when it happens over and over again, you start to expect it. Like, the unexpected becomes the expected, and then you start yearning for the thing you don't get, which is a finish to what is being presented as a sporting contest. So that was where the law of diminishing returns, my favorite phrase, actually came back to, to kind of whip WWE in the ass this week. This was absolutely the, the show to do it on, but it just became a little bit much. Like, Drew McIntyre-Kevin Owens fight was awesome. So good, I was enjoying it. And Triple H just coming out and Drew McIntyre just vanishing. Again, I, I give it a pass on this week, given the context it was presented in. But there is a little bit of you that's like, well, why? <laughs> why did this happen? You know, and I mean, the good thing about that was the angle was excellent. You know, Triple H trying to recruit Kevin Owens, talking from the heart, saying a lot of home truths that I think a lot of us could have agreed with. And the fact that when the Undisputed Era did attack, Triple H seemed a bit perturbed by that. Like, oh, dudes, that's not exactly, you know, almost like the wolves are, the wolves are out or the, uh, the inmates are running the asylum. That was really interesting to me. Like, it added depth to the whole NXT uh, whatever the hierarchy, I guess, for, for lack of a better term. So yeah, I really, really like that. And we still don't really know what Kevin Owens is going to do. I mean, I doubt he's going to join NXT because he just got jumped by their major group. But he didn't jump Triple H, and there was no bad words or aggression between him and Triple H. So maybe there's a twist coming. And you could argue maybe it's coming with Seth. Maybe it's coming with Kevin Owens. But again, that ties into the Kevin Owens and uh, Seth Rollins-Andrade match too. I thought that was awesome as well. Andrade, to me right now, you know, he seems to be finally finding his feet. No fault of his own. You know, he's, he's been put in a position where he can do that. And then to have you know, that broken up too... It, it just kind of, especially by the Lucha House Party from SmackDown. I mean, did that make me think that the Lucha, uh, that SmackDown was any more dominating than they were before? Not really. And then they just chased them off, and they were like, oh, "I respect you. We'll do this again." So that fell a little bit flat for me. I, I think we could have probably, we could have probably done something better there. But you know, and obviously, what is 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 stranger is that we have the tag match at the start of the night with Charlotte and Becky Lynch taking on the Iconics, and we wait for that match to be finished until Shayna Baszler and um, Shafir and Jessamine Duke run in. So you're like, okay, I, I, I don't really understand what we're trying to do, what we're trying to do here. But overall, I thought it was good. I thought it built the pay-per-view well. I still have no idea why Charlotte and Becky Lynch are teaming. Charlotte's excuse was the force. So Star Wars has now got involved, as we talk about on Ups and Downs later. Again, 2 p.m. GMT. Make sure you head over to What Culture Wrestling. Uh, give them a subscribe if you haven't. You can watch Raw live Ups and Downs with me. But yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a weird... And also, where the Iconics been? I think if you're away from TV for that long, you need to have an explanation to where you've been. Because if you're a brand new fan, but you've only been watching for the last four or five weeks, you're like, who are these Australian people? No one is... In, I, don't, I have no idea. Imagine you're watching any other weekly episodic drama or sitcom or thriller, whatever, and a character just walked on and didn't tell you who they were. You'd be like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> and I don't know what your relationships are with everybody else on the, on the show. So I was like, especially when Samoa Joe came out. Oh my gosh, did I laugh? Did I laugh when all of a sudden Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and the Iconics get interrupted by Samoa Joe? I was like, is Samoa Joe in the women's division now? Instead, he was just joining commentary. But why they decided to use that moment 
to put bizarre. I guess because they were cutting to commercial break and they wanted to keep some intrigue alive. I was laughing so much. I thought Samoa Joe was going to go in there and whip everybody's ass. I was like, I mean, probably do good ratings. People would probably like to see it because they'd be so shocked. But yeah, that was. But Samoa Joe was absolutely great um, on uh, commentary the entire evening as well. You know, he didn't do anything too much. He wasn't over the top. He was very understated in many ways, but was good. And just had a sort of some really cool sound bites and some really cool insight into what we were seeing. I really liked it. I thought Samoa Joe absolutely smashed it. Uh, shout out to the man's name who I can't pronounce, as we say every week. Uh, it's in Russian, but I call him my Russian dude. Uh, how are you, my British dude? He just says, I'm very good. Thank you very much. Thank you for asking. Much better than last week. We are slowly climbing the ladder back to fitness. And boy, howdy, am I glad to be here. Because like I say, last Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and probably Thursday, not the best for old Simon Miller. Um... Some, uh, someone in the chat says, what fight? It's just two tweet and replies. It still counts as a fight, dude. You, you don't think that's an argument? Some people just want to watch the world burn, right? Of course it's an argument, you goon. Like, what do you think a fight or an argument is? So if I go and tweet you right now and call you an asshole and you respond saying, well, you're an asshole. We're not fighting. We're just having a good time, are we? Moron. Uh, <laughs> some people just want to be difficult all the time. Uh, the Lana Rusev stuff... I thought it was weird that Rusev wasn't on the show because all the crowd wanted to see him. They were chanting Rusev Day. But as it turns out, Lana has got uh, a restraining order. I thought it was quite cute, you know. When Lana said she's got a restraining order against Rusev, it was 90 miles. And then Bobby Lashley kind of leaned in and went, no, <laughs> it's 90 feet. I don't know. I don't know whether... I assume it was planned because, you know, Lana stopped at the right time and Bobby Lashley almost leaned in instantly. I quite like that. I just, I don't know why there was something about that, but like everything else though was ridiculous. I don't know why Bobby Lashley was fighting No Way Jose. And I don't know why we'd book her. I'm sure Rusev maybe has got a personal matter or a, a media appearance or something. But it seems odd to me to go from these huge angles that we've been doing each and every week to this really small thing where, like I say, Lashley just completely kills No Way Jose. And um, yeah, Rusev doesn't even appear because he's got a restraining order. Oh, she's also applied for divorce. I think my real issue with all of these segments is it always ends with those two furiously kissing. And it's just so aggressive and it's so angry and it's so needless. That's, I think that's what gets me the most. I never tune in to see anybody frantically and aggressively kissing each other on my wrestling show. It has never been high on my list. Like if they peck and stuff, I'm like, okay, you've established that they're in a relationship. But outside of that, I don't get why we, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. I, I don't get it. A lot of people seem to be harsh on Lana. Actually, look, the, the one thing I will say about this angle is I think everybody involved is doing their damnedest to, to make it work. And I respect that. Maybe they like the story. Maybe they don't like the story. There's conflicting reports. But I appreciate the effort that they are, they are putting in. But no, it's not for me. It's not something that, 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 that you know, gets me. It doesn't make me want to watch the show every week. Like, I actually block it out of my brain to the point when they were coming out. I was like, oh, yeah, we've got to do this. We've got to establish this kind of story. And we kind of did just flow over it today, which I presume is because those two aren't fighting at Survivor Series. So WWE is like, we don't actually need to build this until the day after. So I presume next Monday there will be more. And outside of that, yeah, Viking Raiders taking on Randy Orton and Ricochet. Again, there are things you can poke holes on in the sense that why would Ricochet team up with Randy Orton when last week he was terrified of being RKO? And why did we go to these lengths of saying Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins are going to have a tag team championship match? And then they just got beat up by the AOP. I mean, I guess it's a good way. In a way, it's a good way to reestablish the authors of pain. And you're probably going to get that match on Raw too. And Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins will be murdered. I did like the ending, though. Even though we got another non-finish, which maybe was one too many for uh, 
for uh, uh, this show, you know, it was a great way to remind you that Survivor Series is coming and, you know, what the deal is. And the most important bit, even though it started with Raw and SmackDown guys fighting and, you know, the, the guys in the tag team match sort of backing off, it was the NXT contingent running in that balanced the books. They got rid of the Raw guys. They got rid of the SmackDown guys. The last shot I think we saw was Keith Lee throwing Umberto Carrillo onto just a group of Raw and SmackDown people. Triple H basically said, look, Wednesday doors are open. You know, get, excuse me, get people to tune in. I thought that was... I thought it was well done. I thought it was well established. I'm now desperate to see what's going to happen on NXT. So that worked. And I think if we do a really good sort of finishing, uh, whatever you want to call it, on SmackDown, then yeah, I think the pay-per-view could be quite good. Like, if we look at the matches, they're certainly not bad matches by any stretch of the imagination. Um, if I can actually load it up here. There we go. My table will wiggle. You have to forgive me. But yeah, the matches we have down are actually pretty good. Like Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio, which we haven't talked about, which we'll jump into now. The no DQ match for me, the, the stipulation for me, gets me excited that we're actually going to give Rey Mysterio the title. And I think if we do, it'll be such a wonderful moment because he's so beloved by everyone. Like He's a proper baby face. And the promo that he cut as well to remind you of what Lesnar had done to his son and doing the whole no DQ thing probably means that maybe Cain Velasquez can come out. I don't think WWE would ever have Rey Mysterio beat Brock Lesnar clean, but Cain Velasquez can get involved and that can spark up their feud again. It puts the um, universe, uh, the WWE title, I should say, back on weekly TV. And again, I don't think anybody expected Rey Mysterio to get it. I'm not saying that is going to happen, but the point of Raw should be to make me think that it could. And having that stipulation in there certainly does and I thought Ray did great I thought Paul Heyman did great I thought it was interesting that Paul Heyman didn't ever specifically say the spoiler is Brock Lesnar's going to win he said either Brock Lesnar wins or Rey Mysterio pulls off the biggest upset ever so maybe we are going in this direction and it's something that I want like we all know the issues with Seth Rollins at the moment make Ray your top baby face I want to see it I want to see him beat Brock so it's got, I thought it was a great angle. But yeah, we've also got Becky Lynch versus Bailey versus Shayna Baszler. I think that could be the match of the night. The Viking Raiders versus the New Day versus the Undisputed Era. <laughs> Gotta be good. Even the women's Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Charlotte, Natalia, Oscar, Kyrie Sane, and Sarah Logan taking on um, Sasha Banks, uh, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross. That's not bad, even though it makes no sense storyline-wise because everybody on each team hates each other. Same with the men's one. Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, Ricochet taking on Roman Reigns, Mustafa Ali, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, and Shorty G uh, versus a team from NXT that we don't know. Yeah, it's the same for the women's as well. We don't know what teams are going to be there. But having that third team inserted into the mix, I think WWE usually does those big man slash woman brawl matches quite good. Also, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke versus Roderick Strong, again, could steal the show. And the Fiend, you know, the, the Fiend versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Universal Championship kind of has that Rey Mysterio feel. It's a feud that I think people are intrigued about, and it can go either way, and it will be okay. If Bray Wyatt beats Daniel Bryan, that's good. He should hold on to the title. But if we do pull off some crazy twist and Daniel Bryan wins, he's so beloved, he gets a free pass. And that will be the difference between him and, and the feud with, with Seth, in my opinion. Geeked Out Nation, the Super Chat says, Funny how Rusev praises the story, yet hasn't resigned. Well, that makes sense though, right? If he praises the story, hasn't resigned, it probably means he's enjoying, enjoying the story. Look, when people come out and talk, they're never going to give you exactly how they feel if they don't like something because that would be career suicide. That would be stupid. You wouldn't come out and say, I hate my job if you didn't want to lose your job. So maybe he does like it. Good for him. Uh, my dude from Russia says, glad that you're okay. Enjoy the stream and be careful. Same to you, my friend. Thank you for always supporting me in the super chat. 
Uh, I always do. Uh, I always do appreciate it. Pull the cripple in the super chat says, sorry, it's the last thing I was expecting. I thought for a minute that Samoa Joe was going to be some authority figure. The way he came out was happily surprised. He's great on commentary. Hopefully it's a full time gig. I know what you mean. He stormed out there with an attitude. And before he'd even gone left, right, up, down, or into the ring, we cut to commercial, so we didn't know what was going on. I do think he was a natural at commentary. I would like him to be on there more while he's injured, but I don't want him to do that full time. I love Samojo the wrestler. I want Samojo the wrestler to get back. I think we're missing. No matter what show he ends up on, I presume it will be Raw. But I miss Samojo. I miss that character from my um, from my, my 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 wrestling television in the in in, in the wrestling sense. So that's definitely. Let's definitely keep him, uh, keep him there. But look, when he's said and done, well, I think he's late 30s now, maybe in his 40s, uh, just, but I think he's late 30s. You know, I'm sure that's an opportunity he will have. Samoa Joe basically does everything that he sets out to do quite well, which is why I like him so much. Uh, AJ Coulter says, when are we getting a what culture office match between you and Cleary? Quicksilver Simon Miller versus Adam Cheeky Cleary. I would fly to see that. Well, I don't think you're going to get a proper match, but I know he's still sniffing around my ups and downs. And if he thinks about, you know, invading my raw ups and downs later, again, 30 minutes time, 2 p.m. GMT, I will make sure I go there on Wednesday. Simple as that. He attacks me, I attack him back. That's what they're doing on WWE television. So if he wants to replicate that, men will go replicate it too. I ain't no pushover. Uh, Geek Town Nation Super Chat says, every year Survivor Series build is booked the same way. It's so lazy. I do agree with that. I did think that. We talk about that at the start of ups and downs today. If you are a long-term fan, it, does, it now has kind of fallen into a little bit of a, a pattern of we get to November, all of a sudden everybody cares about brands, and then we'll get to December, nobody cares about brands. I think eventually we're going to have to do something different. I think this year kind of gets a free pass because the NXT inclusion does shake it up a little bit, but I know what you're saying. Uh, Bobby Riviera in a super chat, amazing name. Uh, love your show, Simon. Thank you, Bobby. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, and he also says, meant to put a little more in that last super chat. That's very kind of you, dude. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. As I always say to everyone, not just you guys, but when I do work for other clients, as long as they're happy, I'm happy. I do this for an audience. I do it for other people. If you're enjoying it, then hopefully I've, uh, I, I've done my job. Uh, Johnny Death in the super chat says, Rusev contract is over, not Lana's. It's a punishment. See, I don't... I don't see it as a punishment. To me, being punished is like what's happened to Sin Cara. I'm not saying he's being punished, but the situation he finds himself in. You know, he said he wants to leave the company. Now he's off television. He's vanished. He's been sent home. That, to me, is a punishment. Being featured in one of the biggest angles every week on your biggest show, or one of your second biggest show technically now, I don't see that as a punishment. I know he's be- I know the storyline the story isn't great, but he's probably being paid a lot of money to have a huge spotlight on him. And he is doing a good job with it. I don't see it as a punishment. Uh, Geeked Out Nation in the Super Chat says, love Becky saying brand supremacy is dumb. Yeah, that was funny. There was a lot of, um, a lot of, like even Samoa Joe said it. In Drew McIntyre versus Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe said, why are these guys fighting mere days away from Survivor Series when they're going to be on the same team? And I was like, literally Samoa, I was sat on my couch over there thinking the exact same thing. And I think those are the issues when it comes to WWE. It's one thing to actually do it. But when you've got Becky Lynch saying that and you've got Samoa Joe saying that, it is like you're, all, you're identifying your own weaknesses, <laughs> which probably isn't the best thing in the world to do. Uh, Anthony Taglin in the Super Chat says, always a great way to start my morning listening to Simon. Much love, hand on heart. Thank you, Anthony. And thank you, Anthony, man, be it Patreon or this or whatever, you have been an absolute star. So thank you very much. You're a huge reason I, I'm able to do this at the moment. So 
Yeah, you were. Uh, you, you kick ass. I saw uh, you seven in the chat saying, did I, mentioning Philip Marks. I should probably pimp that. Make sure you search for Kayfabe News in your YouTube uh, search bar and you can find, I guess, a side project. Is that the right term? You can just find Kayfabe News' YouTube channel hosted by Flipping Marks. Nothing to do with me. I don't know who Flipping Marks is. I've never met the man, but I think he's got a good head of hair. Chicken Salad Super Chat says, Samoa Joe is stronger than Force Push. Nothing is stronger than Force Push. I like how Star Wars Fever is now slowly coming back because the new game came out last week, which was streaming on the channel, should you so wish. Make you please do hit subscribe if you haven't already or head over to my channel, search for Simon Miller and give me a subscribe. And obviously the new movie's out soon too. So all of a sudden everyone gets super, super, super pumped about Star Wars again. That was pretty much raw, right? Let me get my notes up. So, oh no, the Alistair Black Bunny Murphy stuff. Right, there we go. There we go. Oh gosh. Um, I don't, Look, I like the fact that we're heading towards the Alistair Black said uh, Buddy Murphy feud. I think that'd be awesome. I'm 100% signed on for that. Hell yeah. But I thought the bit when Buddy Murphy knocked on his door and left and then Alistair Black ran out like he was looking for the postman was too comical for a character like Alistair Black. And I love comedy and wrestling, but I don't think the way it was shot kind of... It was just a bit silly. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It entertained me. But if that's the kind of direction we go in Alistair Black, I don't think it will work. I think he does need to be brooding and angry and dark and all these you know, things they're clearly going with him. Then, Alice, then Buddy Murphy goes up, has an absolutely fantastic match with Tazawa. I love that match. I know it only went about seven minutes, but I was just so entertained. And, you know, as a, not that it makes any difference, but as a man who wrestles, I was taking so many little things away from me. Like, oh man, they're doing that. Amazing. Brilliant. So yeah, I, I love that. And then obviously afterwards, they, we do have our stare down between, excuse me, between Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy. It's an interesting feud, because if you said to me who is heel and who is face, I guess Black is the face and Buddy Murphy is a heel, but I wouldn't say that's been established. And also, I don't really know who wins. I don't want Buddy Murphy to lose. I certainly don't want Alistair Black to lose, because he hasn't had a match in ages now. It's kind of one of those things that you could, if, if they have chemistry together and they're really smashing it on house shows, you could probably do something like a best of seven series with them. I think that would get them both over. I think when you do do that, like no one really loses as long as all the matches are awesome. And of course, you go to... Was it three or yeah, you go to three all, then it's the then it's the, the the rubber match. I'd be up for that. And I think it gives them a spot on the card every week. I think it allows people to get to know who they are. They'll get better each every week as they get more familiar with one another. But it was quite funny. You know, Alistair Black it kind of just seemed flustered as opposed to <laughs> ready for a fight. A uh, Geeked Out Nation Super Chat says, What did Cedric do to Vince to be punished? Dude, I have no idea. But that to me is a punishment, right? The only time I can remember seeing Cedric Alexander is uh, when he runs out in a raw shirt to get rid of people. Did he have a match last week, actually? Even so, you know, at one point he, was, he felt like he was on the rise and all of a sudden his legs were just pulled out from under him. That to me, I'm not saying he has been punished, but on paper that comes across as more as a punishment to me. And Crouton in the Super Chat has somehow just put in a little dancing like, avocado, is that? Just says, hey you, and he's like showing me his ass. Thanks Crouton, I appreciate that. Hand on the heart, back to you. Umberto Carrillo finally got a win on Raw as well, which was long overdue. So that was good. It probably should have happened a couple of weeks ago. And again, the finish was... <laughs> it wasn't... Everyone tweeted me going, it's a surprise roll-up. It wasn't a surprise roll-up. It was a perfectly normal roll-up by Carl Anderson, which then got reversed when the Street Profits gave them both a push and they reversed the momentum. That is not a surprise roll-up out of nowhere. Surprise roll-up out of nowhere has to be quick and, uh, well, quite literally out of nowhere. I do... I do... <laughs> I liked it. It was the right thing to do. And I'm excited about Umberto Carrillo versus AJ Styles for the US Championship next week, even though I know AJ Styles is one of their matches. But I do sometimes wonder, if we are going to have Carl Anderson lose and we're going to have Humberto Carrillo win, why can't Humberto just set his moonsault and get the 
I don't think I don't think it raises or lowers Carl Anderson any less or more than me seeing him get rolled up that way. That's the only thing I don't get. Sometimes I would much prefer, and not to compare the two, but it's true. Uh, we would. Uh, I'd much rather have AEW type. We're going to do our very best to ensure that somebody actually gets a victory here, as opposed to these kind of half victories. Do you know what I mean? Where you can go, well, that doesn't count because of this, or that doesn't count because of that. You know, I, I'd much rather. I'd much rather people win matches because that's a cool thing. Like I always compare it to football. Manchester City and Liverpool took on each other the other week. And if you don't know, they are so far ahead in the Premier League or soccer for my American friends over here at the moment. It's almost ridiculous. So when they clash, you're like, I don't actually know who's going to win. And that was summed up by the betting odds. We were at Anfield, which is Liverpool's hold ground. But Man City, to some people, were the favourites. As it turned out, Liverpool won 3-1. That was great. I'm like, oh, wow, maybe Liverpool are the better team this year. I understand that you can have draws in football too, but we rarely do draws in WWE as it's being established now. It's more of a New Japan or an all-league wrestling thing. So if draws are off the table, I'd much rather we just had wins and losses. I know this is not a new conversation to anybody, but it just seems more glaringly obvious to me when we have weird roll-up packages when it's like, well, don't do that. Just why can't Humberto Correa again hit his big move and pin Carl Anderson? That's his big move. It shouldn't just be able to beat Carl Anderson. It should be able to beat AJ Styles. It should be able to beat Braun Strowman. It should be able to beat everyone because he does that move better than everybody else. <clears throat> it's kind of one of the reasons I, I backtracked a little bit on my... Um, well, that's not true, actually. I take it back. It was, it, was, it was conceived this way, but not actually what I said. I have no problem with Scorpio Sky pinning Chris Jericho last week on Dynamite because he is a superb tag team wrestler and they were in a tag team wrestling match. If we now do the one-on-one -on -one encounter, Chris Jericho should whip his ass because Chris Jericho is the AEW world champion, the best singles competitor they have, according to that you know, piece of gold. And I like that. It tells a story without telling a story. And it's why sports are so interesting, because they do create these narratives just by where you are in the league or what players you have or what happened the previous day. And we could have done it with Hapaita Kareem. Could have started telling the story, man, that moonsault is so good. He hits it so smoothly and it's so fantastic. Nobody can kick out of it. And they're like, oh, wow, that's an extra edge to Alberto Kareem that wasn't there before. Just my two cents. Dan Lemley in the Super Chat says, I agree we need more things like the Best of Seven series. Yeah, not all the time because you're running into the ground. Obviously, the last one we did with Seamus and Cesaro, which then you know, gave birth to the bar, which is actually quite successful. But yeah, more ideas like that that are thought out from the start, I think they'll always get over. So you know what's going to happen in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know what the ending is. You know what's going to happen once we're done with that. Again, Booker T and Benoit it was, wasn't it? Had the best of seven in WCW, obviously massively tainted now. But that's the one that I remember because, again, all of a sudden I was like, who are these two guys? And it worked. The stipulation got them more over. Uh, chicken salad in the super chat. What do you think about wrestlers asking to be released? It's hard, right? Because I imagine in your job, you probably have a notice period. So anytime you can say, I'm triggering my notice period, and I'm going to leave in four weeks' time, and they agree to that, and, and whatever. When it comes to the world of wrestling and other forms of entertainment, you don't have that, and I understand why. Like, why have a contract, a legally binding piece of paper, if anybody can just say, oh, I'm off, and I'm going to work for All Elite Wrestling, who is a competitor to you? So I do understand the dilemma. I think what I struggle with is stuff like the Luke Harper situation, just from a moral point of view. WWE is legally allowed to do it, and good for them. You know, I'm not going to argue that. But morally... If Vince McMahon doesn't see anything in Luke Harper and Luke Harper wants to leave, adding an extra six months to his contract because he got injured when working for WWE seems a little bit unfair. Again, he's a man. I can think he's coming up to his 40s. I think he's like 38. His, his years are dwindling, not for any other reasons, because except that's how life works. So to lock him in, again, it just makes me raise an eyebrow. They're not doing anything wrong 
on one level, but on another, I'm like, it doesn't. I, 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 I'd like to think that I wouldn't do that, even though I understand the wrestling environment right now is quite, is quite crazy. In terms of a Sin Cara, I don't see why you can't let him go. I don't think he's going to go to AEW. I presume he go back to Mexico or maybe Japan or somewhere like that. He just wants to work and he doesn't feel like he's getting his due. Mike Canellis is a bit of a different situation because he did sign a five-year deal like three years beforehand. Kind of hard to sign that deal. I know everyone has buyer's remorse sometimes or seller's remorse, whatever you want to call it. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, at the end of the day, you want everyone to be happy. And if you feel like you're in a company where you're not being utilized, you're probably not going to be happy, even if you're living your dream. Life is not as simple as that. It's not as easy as here's a bunch of money and some fame and you're 100% happy all the time. If only it was, right? If only it was. Uh, Crouton Super Chat. How devastating is it that WWE creative is so crap? I like that. <laughs> that they stripped Kari of her pirate gimmick and have made her want to go back to Japan. Well, we don't know she wants to go back to Japan. I'm going to assume that comes from the Dave Meltzer quote where he suggested that could be the case. I don't know why they stripped her of her pirate gimmick. I guess because you can't have a bad... We well, can have a hill pirate, but not in the way that she was portraying it. I don't mind the Kabuki Warriors are bad guys, you know. I actually think the, um, the presentation is quite good. It's just the fact that nobody wants to boo them. That's where it gets ridiculous. Why they don't see more in Kairi Sane as a singles performer, yes, I don't know. I mean, she was amazing in NXT. Uh, she got over. Uh, people like Riho have gone to show that it's more than workable. You know, you can have a, a tiny person uh, be beloved by the fans. I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. I'd love to be able to. I think they just... I think it's just the way that WWE sees it, unfortunately, and it's not good at all. But they see Oscar and they see Kairi saying, and say, hey, we can make a Japanese tag team. You're like, guys, it's 2019. You don't have to do that. Like, if you want to have a tag team with Oscar or anybody, they can team up. As long as it makes sense, there's a story there. The story doesn't have to be, oh, but they're Chinese, uh, Japanese, sorry. But I like the, um, the counterpoint to that is everything that happened with Paige. Why was Paige team with them? It was just really awkward and weird, but it was just, you know, putting round pegs into square holes. And that's, you know, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Uh, AJ Parker in the super chat says, want to make Survivor Series mean something? Then put something on the line for the winning teams. By the way, did you see the outfits the Iconics wore? I'm going to assume that AJ Parker is a big fan of those, uh, of those attires. Fair enough to you. Uh, you are right. It, it, it seems weird to me because if you go through all the big four pay-per-views, everything has something. Raw Rumble, you win it, you go to WrestleMania. WrestleMania is WrestleMania. SummerSlam is like WrestleMania 2, so all the matches mean more. And Survivor Series is kind of just there these days. We don't have the traditional five-on-five -five matches. I mean, we've got them this year, but they don't carry the same weight as they used to because we see Corey Graves said this best on his new podcast. We see that happening all the week on Raw. So it's not like it's exciting when we get to a main event. So there should be something. Because like, why am I meant to believe that all of a sudden, pff, random name, uh, Randy Orton. Why does Randy Orton care about Raw? He was on SmackDown all of six weeks ago. He's never shown any kind of brand loyalty. So why would he even agree to be on Team Raw? It serves him no purpose. But if you say, oh, the winner gets X, I totally agree. I think they should do that. But at this stage, I don't even think they should do that. I think next year, we should come up with a new idea. We should come up with a new gimmick. As soon as NXT has come and gone, I can't even think of things that would make it... It will become too similar. And the Royal Rumble gets away with that because it's a great gimmick. But Survivor Series doesn't have that. Like a brand war is not a good step like the Royal Rumble because the Royal Rumble happens but once a year. So it feels fresh and you look forward to it. Everything we're doing on Survivor Series, aside from the fact that we are seeing crossovers, well, that's the problem, right? We had the wild card all year. So it's not that exciting to see crossovers. If we hadn't seen crossovers for a whole year, then yes, absolutely. But we have, and that's the issue. 
Uh, Rag having N in the Super Chat. NXT has proven to be the A show heading into Survivor Series from just the third brand. Hope they are put over at the pay-per-view. Well, I mean, look, we'll do a proper prediction show, but if I go through at the moment, I don't think Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish will win. I think Shayna Baszler could win. And I don't see Team NXT winning on the men's or the women's Survivor Series matches. And I don't see Roderick Strong winning in the, <laughs> in the brand supremacy uh, IC North American United States one. You may be disappointed, my friend. I hope you're not. Um, and I imagine Triple H will push as hard as he can to make sure that doesn't happen. I think the key is, at least on this episode of Raw, we made sure NXT felt super strong. I, I, we did that on week one when they attacked SmackDown. We kind of lost our way in the middle. I got into this with a guy on Twitter. I was trying to be nice, but I forget you can't have nice conversations on Twitter. Because some guy was saying to me, oh, you're ridiculous to give a down to Nikki Cross pinning Dakota Kai on SmackDown because it ties into the NXT storylines. But none of those storylines are coming across. None of the NXT stuff is being broadcast on the main roster. So that's irrelevant. But also, if you don't watch NXT and you only watch Raw or SmackDown and you see the NXT team lose, subconsciously you'll go, well, they were rubbish. They invaded and they lost. That's why the invaders always have to have the upper hand until the blow-off. So you believe, oh my gosh, they're going to win. And that's why the first invasion on that SmackDown was so good. Because Adam Cole whips some ass. Tommaso Ciampa whips some ass. You know, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee whips some ass. You're like, wow, the people that I've been told are stars are now being chopped down to size by the so-called developmental dudes. I should take them seriously. So when they're then losing matches really quite quickly on SmackDown, you're like, well, that goes the other way again just my opinion geek dad nation the super chat says are you excited for aew bash at the beach absolutely uh, i know i think wwe owns halloween havoc but i would like bash at the beach i would like halloween havoc and i would like sold out <laughs> no, i wouldn't really no i love all those names i love a bit of nostalgia i'm never against it uh, it makes me happy. The way I look at it, if you don't know what Bash of the Beach is, it makes no difference. It's just a nice name. And if you do, it puts a smile on your face. And to me, AEW is very um, reminiscent of World Championship Wrestling, probably intentionally so. And I'm very happy that's the case. Daniel Brotherton, the Super Chat, says, maybe it'll be Kyrie versus Asuka at Mania. We can but hope, Dan. We can but hope, but I, I'm very worried that your... Uh, oh, I hit my table. Sorry. I'm very worried that your, your dreams and your hopes may be dashed. I don't think we're going to do that. But we may do. You never know. If you had told me that Oscar was going to win the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago, I would have said there's no way. And she did. It wasn't even a couple of years ago, was it? No, it was. It was last year. I think a year and a half ago. That counts. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting week. I think NXT will be great. I think you're going to have some huge names on there, and I think that's really going to create some buzz. And what we do on SmackDown, I don't know, is kind of like our first big go-home show on a Friday. I know there's Crown Jewel, but this is Survivor Series. It should be considered bigger. I'm going to be fascinated to see how they deal with it. What do we do? What do we don't do? How do we get more people um, invested in the show? And we'll see. We'll see. Shout out to my man, Sean Gearhorn in Super Chat, who said, I find it very sad that WWE has turned all their top Japanese talent heel only because presumably WWE thinks they can't cut promos and heel work can tell story better without promos. I mean, I don't know if that is true, but I think you make a very good point, Sean. Um, I don't know why they're not allowed to talk more. Uh, I don't know why you can't let them have do a short promo. Short promos work fine. Uh, I don't mind like someone like Sami Zayn being team with Shinsuke Nakamura, but I don't think he needs it. And I actually think it takes more away from Sami than it does add to Nakamura. But yeah, they are stuck in their ways in, in some senses. And sometimes that does eight back to a time period where, you know, things... It is ridiculous. In 2019, it's almost irrelevant. Whether you're white, black, Japanese, 
Asian, Indian, whatever. Well, you know, whatever you 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 come from, it doesn't matter. It, it really, really doesn't matter. We know there's great wrestling all across the world. Again, I click at a button, I can see it everywhere. And if WWE is pre- able to present that to me, great. But you don't need to ram hole in the whole. Oh, this person isn't from America. Like you just don't. In my opinion, some people may disagree. I don't need that. That's not how I see the world. As I've, I've talked about this before, and people think I'm crazy, but it's true. If you are patriotic, awesome, man. Like it's cool to it's cool to have that kind of passion. But to me, I was just born on a rock. I didn't choose to be born on this rock. It was just luck of the draw. I could have been here. I could have been born in America, Finland, Norway, Sweden, France, Germany, Russia, whoever. You know what I mean? It was it's absolute random. So I, I don't really have an affiliation in, in that sense. I just see it as we're all a bunch of people trying to find our way through this crazy thing called life every day. And that transcends, and, well, some transcends, that shifts across to wrestling as well. When, it, when we're talking about wrestlers, I just know that Oscar is an awesome wrestler. Oh, she happens to be Japanese. Same with Kairi Sane. Same with anybody, you know, anybody of that age. Same with Jinder Mahal. I know he's from Canada, but we had this big India push at one point. I was like, he's just Jinder Mahal to me. And I'm going to like him or dislike him based on his promos, based on his wrestling, based on his... Uh, presentation and based on the way you present him to me that's how i see it and then fb in the super chat says personally i'm finding it hard to enjoy wwe at the moment i find myself skipping through don't even think i have a favorite anymore send me some positive vibes well the positive vibes undead is that you really like aew and that is okay like that's there's nothing wrong with taking a break from wwe but not wanting to take a break from wrestling this is something that i am certainly sort of realizing when I watch all elite wrestling every week in terms of a mainstream American product sometimes you realize oh that thing I've been conditioned to is a WWE thing and I make no bones about it I love WWE I still do I find a way to enjoy these shows even when I can put my critical hat on and go well maybe that wasn't the best thing in the world but the coolest thing about all elite wrestling is that you do have this massive positive once a week and you know twice a week when they have a pay-per-view or if you want to include AEW Dark in that it gives you an alternative it gives you something different and, you know, come January, where usually WWE does get good again as we go through the Rumble and we head to WrestleMania 36 in this instance, then you get the best of both worlds. And that is why it's good that AEW exists. Uh, oddly, I th- kind of think WWE Creative has gotten worse since AEW was born. Not necessarily intentionally so, but I, I always believe we'll get back to a, an, an even pegging. So that is, um, that is absolutely the, the positive from all of this. But I do understand what you're saying, and you're not alone. Uh, a good friend of mine is a casual fan, tries to watch it as much as, uh, as as he can, but at the moment doesn't want to watch it. He hates the, he mostly hates the Rusev stuff, and he hated the guy coming out in a big dog, Roman Reigns dog costume on SmackDown. As did I, as did I. I don't know who that was for. I'm, we should really start talking about SmackDown on these shows, because we don't get to talk about it beforehand. Look, if somebody enjoys that and that's their humor, that's great. But to me, when you get a guy cosplaying as a dog, because somebody's nickname is a big dog and I'm watching wrestling with someone that I'm trying to get into it. Nine times out of 10, I know they're going to turn around and they're going to go, is this what you want me to watch? And I have to go, I'm really sorry. I made a mistake. I don't think you should watch this. Uh, AJ Park in the Super Chat said, really liking Umberto, Street Profits, Murphy, Alistair, and a few others. If they use and push those guys correctly, the future could be right for Raw. I completely agree. Street Profits are a great tag team. If we can just eventually finally get that tag team scene rolling again, they'll fit into it. Umberto Carrillo, they're sticking with him, which I appreciate. It takes time. Buddy Murphy seems to be back on the right track. Alistair Black, obviously those two are going to clash. I agree. I mean, I'd like to see more of Ricochet. Um, not necessarily Ricochet, he's in quite high programs. I take that back, they're doing quite well with Ricochet. But more people like Cedric Alexander would be good. I don't think Bobby Lashley is best used in this position. I think if you have him a killer, it'd be much interesting. Uh, Kevin Owens has proved once again that he's one of the best talents in the world. I thought he was fantastic on Raw. Cesaro's always doing his thing, although that's on SmackDown, obviously. So the, 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 the roster's not a problem. We just need to find a way to corral everyone together and make it work. And sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't. Uh, Lanaya back in the super chat says, 
I've been enjoying AEW, but there is room for improvement in the women's division and promos to explain more on TV. How long of a grace period do we give them to fix things when the problems are not addressed? Totally, totally good point. I'm still trying to work that out myself. I think we've hit uh, the first gate, if that's the right term, when we've come to that, because we got full gear and now we have a we had a show following a pay-per-view. And when you get there, you should really be in full swing. However, it does take time to establish everything that you're going to have on offer. So I know they are doing a okay job with the women's division. Like you say, it's not really much of a division as opposed to random matches that happen here and there. But you could also kind of argue that about the, the, the men's side of it as well. I don't think they found their sort of momentum with that too. So I, I would say probably January is the time that they've had enough to sort of embed all this stuff. And if it's still not heading in a direction that you personally like, I think you are allowed to put your hand up and say, um, you know, as much as I enjoy what they're doing, I don't get why these sort of foibles haven't been touched upon. Like you mentioned the promos. I think they've been better the last few weeks. Like John Moxley cut one on uh, last week's show. I like the whole backstage stuff with Kenny Omega. I know he didn't appear in front of the live crowd. I think we could do more of that, but it was okay. Had a whole segment with Jericho, MJF, Cody. Introduced um, Wardlow. Almost called him Warlord. Not right at all. So, you know, they're... I think we can give them through to the end of the year, but you're right. If there are good plans... And look, the women's division at the moment seems to be revolving around this Brandy Rhodes, awesome Kong hair storyline. I know it's bizarre. I know it's weird. It's got me a little bit intrigued. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for now. But yeah, in 2020, if we're not there, then I think it's... But that's just my rule. You can think it now if you want. You're allowed to think whatever you want. Crew on the Super Chat. Fans won't boo Kabuki Warriors because they're the best women wrestlers on the roster bar none. It's a disgrace what they've done to Oscar and Kyrie. Uh, they can easily do a feud akin to Flair Steamboat. Look, they are incredibly talented wrestlers. And they are very, very popular, which we have seen uh, time and time again. I can't, answer, I can't answer the question. I'd love to be able to, but I can't. I, I, I can't. Um, they're just not the people that WWE wants to push. And you can have your own reasons for that. But it certainly seems like, you know, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch... Um, I'm trying to think who else they would consider in that in that kind of bracket. I mean, Bailey, Sasha Banks, they're there too. Shayna Baszler, I think, will get there. They're, they're the people that they choose. And you're right. There are other ones that are deserving of. And Oscar would be in there. I put Kyrie Sane in there. Naomi would be in there. I haven't seen her or the Usos for a while. I'd love to tell you, man. <laughs> I'd love to tell you. Uh, let me start. Before we do start to wrap up, I'm just going to make sure nothing is broke news-wise. I mean, Seth Rollins wants to fight CM Punk. I see that every day. That, that's new. That's Seth Rollins' new thing on Twitter. He's just going to tweet CM Punk until he agrees to fight him. Knowing, well, I don't know CM Punk, but kind of, you know, the impression I get of CM Punk, don't think he's going to like that. think it's probably going to push him, uh, <laughs> probably push him away, but we will see. Also, I want to give a shout out to everyone that came to the EWA show on Saturday and the EWE show on Sunday. Two of the best crowds I performed against for a while. Anyone that chants my name or chants why or sings Backstreet Boys song related to why, you have no idea how happy it makes me. Sunday especially, I had the time of my life, which is even more incredible at the moment because I'm dealing with a few niggling injuries, uh, which sometimes makes wrestling hard, but you find a way through. So yeah, just shout out to those two, uh, those two events. I really, really did have a good time. And of course, if you're around this weekend, Friday, I'm down in Croydon for Kapow Wrestling. So make sure you search for them if you're in the Croydon area. I used to work in Croydon, used to live there for a long time. So kind of going home, in one aspect, so I'm looking forward to that. So again, if you're around, come down to Croydon. And then Saturday, I can't remember where the hell I am. I had this written down. I had this all good to go. And then my brain has forgotten. Is it going to be here? Uh, it's not, is it? Well, I'm wrestling for Immortal Wrestling. You know what? We're just going to look it up. We're just going to find Immortal Wrestling because otherwise I feel bad. I always say I'm going to do this. And then this is so awkward that I will... Um, 
I remember not to do it. It is Radstock. I got it right. Radstock. This Saturday, come down, debuting for Immortal Wrestling. I'd love to see you there too. Uh, again, unfortunately, I had to cancel my Torquay show on Sunday. Uh, it's out of my hands. Sucks. Um, but yeah, if you come down to either of those two shows, I will see you there. Shout out to Raghaven and the Super Chat. We do miss pay-per-view quality TV matches these days, like the John Cena-Shawn Michaels one-hour match or the Brock Lesnar-Kurt Angle Iron Man match. Well, I don't know. I, I, you're right. I don't think we've seen anything to that level or that kind of match being pushed to that sense. But I, I'm not saying, again, it's not up there, but Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre, to me, it went through loads of segments. It was a big, chunky match. I was well into it. I was having a great time. Obviously, the two you've mentioned had finishes, <laughs> which would have been better. And we had that Gauntlet match earlier in the year, which I enjoyed you know, with Kofi. But I do know what you mean. We, we could probably come up with some more showcase matches like that. But I think you need to do those few and far between as well, because then eventually, if you don't, people will get bored of that. It's all about keeping people on their toes and people keeping interested. The same as bodybuilding. Everyone says that. You know, when you're lifting weights, you've always got to keep your body guessing. And the way to do that is by surprising it. It doesn't mean twists and turns, but it just means booking a slightly different show every week where somebody can be intrigued. And finally, Crouton, in the Super Chat, if I have to sit through one more Charlotte... <laughs> Sorry. Okay. If I have to sit through one more Charlotte where, she's, uh, where she squashes a clearly superior talent, I'll rip my hair out. That moonsault is awful. Look, man, I respect your opinion. I love you. You're a massive supporter. Uh, I'm never going to sit here and rag on Charlotte Flair. I think she's an incredible talent. I personally think that moonsault is pretty amazing. I certainly couldn't do one myself. But, dude, I love you. I love you for your opinions. I love you for your passion. And I love you for your Charlotte Flair hate. That's what it's all about. And the good thing is you're focusing on her character, right? I don't want really to get all wishy-washy here. But sometimes I see people criticizing, um, you know, wrestlers for their, the, the, the person. I'm like, don't do that, man. That, that's not cool. Uh, and on that note, two minutes to go. 2 p.m. GMT, like I say, 120 seconds. Head over to What Culture Wrestling. Raw ups and downs. Actually, it may not be up because, to be fair, I got it across late today because I had a stupid idea and I had to go refilm something. Let me just double check. If not, it will literally be up soonish. So, so, so don't worry about that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit late today. Again, my fault. I'm, a, I'm an absolute moron. But keep an eye on it. It will probably go up like quarter past two or something like that. But I will be in the chat. Uh, make sure you're there as well. If you are on my YouTube channel right now, please do give me a subscribe. I'm not close to 100,000, but I'm kind of close. So if you're listening to this on podcast or on audio or you are watching this YouTube, please just hit subscribe. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, and if you do want to support me financially, again, you can at patreon.com forward slash Simon 316. But also thank you to everybody that supported me in the super chat today as I almost crushed my microphone. <laughs> again, it means the world to me, especially because of last week when I got ill and I couldn't work. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, like the video, share the video. You know the deal. Uh, Instagram and Twitter at SimonMiller316. What culture wrestling search for them. Come join me over there. And we'll be back. We'll probably do another podcast on Thursday. Uh, that will be the um, second part of the wrestling podcast. And then Wednesday, tomorrow that is, of course, we shall do the gaming podcast, which has come back. I've got a lot to say about uh, Star Wars Fallen Order. So if you don't want to watch my live stream, which is cool, we'll talk about it there. And we'll finish with AJ Parker in the Super Chat. He says, Simon says today, unfortunately not, man. There was no talk shows, but don't worry. There's some skits. There's some skits. Have great days. Uh, enjoy your day. Enjoy. I won't talk to you before AEW NXT. Enjoy that. I think NXT this week is going to be really good. And I'll see you when I see you.